Welcome to the podcast. Rudy's Revelation. Sunday, January 23rd, 2022. This week I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation, where Maggie Brennan interviews Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who says, as Hillary Clinton did in 2016, the U.S. will make a case for war against so-called Russian aggression, alluding to the upcoming cyber false flag attacks against Ukraine. Also be checking out Sunday Morning Propaganda at our favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where CBS News National Security Correspondent David Martin spins the narrative that Vladimir Putin is itching to invade Ukraine. Also be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. And of course, I'll be going over the weekend headlines in the next 30 minutes. But first, I'll be taking you back to school, giving you some historical context to frame this week's news narratives. Welcome to the podcast, Rudy's Revelation. The word of the day is espionage. Definition of espionage, the practice of spying or using spies to obtain information about the plans and activities especially of a foreign government or a competing company. And the reason I get into espionage is because, because, of course, what's going on with Russia. And most people know what espionage is. According to WikiLeaks, espionage or spying is the act of obtaining secret or confidential information from non-disclosed sources or divulging the, of the same without the permission of the holder of the information for tangible benefit. Now, the reason I get all the reason I get into espionage, most people know what it means, but they're not really aware how it works and how intelligence agencies work as far as counterintelligence. But what I want to talk about today is a couple terms involved in espionage. They have technology and techniques of the tradecraft, the list of intelligence gathering disciplines, agent handling, concealment device, covert agent, covert listening device, cutout, now, a cutout, a cutout in espionage is a mutually trusted intermediary method or a channel of communication that facilitates the exchange of information between agents. Cutouts usually know only the source and the destination of the information to be transmitted, not the identities of any of the persons involved in. Also, cyber spying, dead drop, and false flag. A false flag offer operation is an act committed with the intent of disguising the actual source of the responsibility and pitting blame on another party. And again, this is tradecraft and list of intelligence gathering disciplines. Also, honeypot. A lot of people know what the honeypot is. Basically, everybody knows what a honeypot is. A nice-looking woman 
or some sort of person who will sexually attract the target of the spying. So a perfect example would be Fang Fang and Congressman Swalwell. Also, technology and techniques of the tradecraft of spy agencies, impersonation, imposter, interrogation, non-official cover, numbers messaging, official cover, one-way voice link, sabotage, safe house, side channel attack, sonography, surveillance, and surveillance aircraft. Other techniques, agent provocateur, double agent, redoubled agent, sleeper agent, triple agent. And one of the techniques of the tradecraft of modern spying is the confusion agent. And the confusion agent provides misleading information to an enemy intelligence service or attempts to discredit the operations of the target in the operation. But what most people have to realize is what a confusion agent does is provides misleading information to a specific audience. This is from militaryfactory.com, confusion agent, U.S. DOD definition. The definition of the term confusion agent per official documentation of the United States Department of Defense. Confusion agent, an individual is dispatched by the sponsor for the primary purpose of confounding the intelligence or counterintelligence apparatus of another country rather than for the purpose of collecting and transmitting information. A false flag operation is an act committed with the intent of disguising the actual source of the responsibility and pinning blame on another party. Do you know how to identify another false flag event? This is from Gaia. A false flag is an action carried out by a person or a group like a government or a cabal that is blamed on someone else to achieve a subversive goal. There are some key characteristics that can be indicative of a false flag event. The catalyst is typically an explosive, spectacular event, which is followed immediately by media saturation. This is from Mediaite. Newsmax's Greg Kelly says January 6th may have been a false flag operation. And this is an article from 2015, excuse me, 2013. What is a false flag attack and what does Boston have to do with this? During the Boston Police Department's final press conference of a confounding and deadly day, and they're talking specifically about the Boston bombing, which happened during the Boston Marathon. In 2013, someone in the audience asked if Monday's bombing was a false flag attack. From the Associated Press, Russia mapping out false flag incident in eastern Ukraine as pretext to invade, according to a very credible U.S. intelligence assessment. This is from NBC News. U.S. intel suggests Russia is preparing for a false flag operation as pretext for Ukraine invasion. A Russian invasion of Ukraine may result in widespread human rights violations and war crimes. Jen Psaki says, this is from The Intercept, how covert agents infiltrate Internet to manipulate, deceive, and destroy reputations. One of the many pressing stories that remains to be told from the Snowden archive, how Western intelligence agencies are attempting to manipulate and control online discourse with extreme tactics of deception and reputation destruction. All you have to do is look at Joe Rogan and see what's happening with his reputation destruction. This is from PBS. This is from 2014. CIA leaked false information to the press in an attempt to outshine the FBI. And this is from BBC News. Trump condemned spy agency leak of fake news. 
So what happens is, and this happens all the time, the intelligence agencies or people colluding with intelligence agencies or intelligence agencies colluding with political parties decide what type of information to get into the press, and then the corporate press regurgitates that information. So what Trump did is he laid a canary trap. Now, people don't know what a canary trap is. It's the method of exposing information leak by giving different versions of a sensitive document to each of several suspects and seeing which version gets leaked. And he did that uh, with his own administration. So he found out where the leaks were coming from. Less than 3% of you people read books. And I'm just going to leave you with this book uh, by Peter Lance, which is pretty good. Uh, Triple Cross, How Bin Laden's Master Spy Penetrated the CIA, the Green Berets, and the FBI. Or did he? This is a story of the most dangerous triple agent in U.S. history, Peter Lance, author of the highly acclaimed Thousand Years for Revenge and Cover-Up, returns to uncover the story of Ali Muhammad, a trusted security advisor of the Osama bin Laden, who hoodwinked the United States for more than a decade. So this man in this book... um, uh, um, Ali Muhammad uh, served in a series of high security position with the United States security establishment as a special forces advisor, FBI informant. We know about FBI informants and CIA operative who simultaneously helped orchestrate the Al Qaeda campaign. He was working with the CIA and FBI and to help orchestrate the Al-Qaeda campaign, terror. And as I said previously, intelligence services in the West run Islamic terrorists. And read this book, and it'll it'll outline how that is. This is the New York Post. We're going into the headlines. How big tech elites are helping China achieve global supremacy. Bloomberg, lethal U.S. military aid begins arriving in Ukraine. Welcome war. You you have to understand is that Hillary Clinton wanted to launch war with Russia in 2015, 2016, and she didn't get elected. So it was put off, obviously, until Trump got out and then Biden can pick up the reins with this. From real clear politics, Bill Maher, I don't want to live in your mask paranoid world anymore. In an article by Tyler Stone from the 22nd, from CBS News, downhill, divisive Americans sour on nation's direction in new NBC News poll. Large majority say that the U.S. is going in the wrong direction and they are falling behind economically and that political polarization will continue. Also from the Associated Press, vaccine passport protests in Europe draw thousands of people. From the AFP in Texas, driverless trucks are set to take over roads. That's part of the robot takeover is coming. Amazon is opening a 30,000 square foot store with QR codes and palm scanning technology. From the times of Israel, Israel world number one in daily COVID cases per capita. From the New York Times, U.S. drops its case against MIT scientists accused of hitting China, of hiding China links. Gang Chen, a professor of mechanical engineering, was arrested a year ago, accused of concealing his affiliations with Chinese government institutions, basically the Chinese government party. I'm going to turn to the New York Times. 
And the first one up, of course, is they're trying to resurrect Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin is trying to get back on the D-list. Ever since her Trump joke went wrong in 2017, Griffin has been seeking a professional rebirth and wondering who among the cancel gets a second chance. She won't, and I'll tell you why. Her joke, quote-unquote joke, was to um, hold up the severed head or a fake severed head of the sitting president of the United States, and she didn't go to jail. Now, that's an overt threat to the president of the United States. It was in bad taste. It was in such bad taste, though, her shitty career went even further into the shitter. Next article up from the New York Times. When my mom got COVID, I went searching for Pfizer's pills. The experience showed how hard it is for many people to get potentially life-saving treatments. Now, this article is funny because they don't mention anything about natural immunity, about vitamins, about boosting your immunity, and to help yourself fight against a viral infection like COVID or COVID-2 or the coronavirus is simply to boost your immune system and to help yourself fight against the virus, you need to take zinc. That will block the virus from um, replicating in your cell. And of course, they don't talk about some of us who went on searching for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and you can't get it. And the monoclonal antibodies are now perfect for treatment, but we knew this months ago and years ago, and although states like Florida were trying to increase uh, the availability of such things, now they're being rationed. So you think you're a COVID expert, but are you? And this is an article by Allison Kruger. So another woman uh, writing for the New York Times says, how long should you isolate? What tests are most reliable? Do vaccine cocktails work? Some people have turned into amateur scientists as they look for answers. But these people, as I've said over and over and over again, no one here knows anything about epidemiology because they would know you can't friggin' get it outside. And if you're inside with somebody that has it, you're likely to get it unless your immune system is fortified with some of the things we just talked about. But she doesn't talk about that. She talks about this person who developed symptoms on Christmas Eve. She quickly realized she had no inside information, even though she manages a lab in Tucson that processes COVID tests. Next article up. For many who march on January 6th was only the beginning. Now, this is an article um, by Elizabeth Diaz and Jack Healy. For many, uh, for many who attended the Trump rally but never breached the Capitol, the date wasn't a dark day for the nation. It was a new start. And it talks about people who are embracing the fact that they went to the Capitol. Next article, rapid inflation fuels debate over what's to blame, pandemic or policy. The White House is emphasizing that inflation is worldwide. Econ economists say that's true, but stimulus spurred consumer buying is also to blame. They don't tell you the truth. you got to read this article that most people believe that, in fact, it's government spending that caused the inflation. So we're going to leave you with uh, the op-ed pieces of the week at the Week in Review, the Sunday Review. And one of the things I wanted to show you here is 14 independent voters share their fears about um, the Biden administration. And it talks to a bunch of different people about um, 
the condition of our democracy. Uh, my husband was laid off twice since this all started. All right, I don't have to go, and they have a bunch of people of independence here. They have Frank Luntz uh, talking to people. They have all these different people. Um, but the fact is, is that nobody believes the establishment. Nobody believes the establishment, Democrats in particular, and they think after a year of Biden that maybe all the people that were squawking on the right were right. And I'm just going to leave you here with the opinion of uh, Jamel Bowie, uh, the racist. Republicans think there is a takeover happening here. They have some reading to do. Um, he argues that because it mentions that there is uh, there is the right for the federal government to institute some sorts of election practices that somehow you can pass um, laws that will make it uh, elections actually less secure and it's more easy for fraud. So you try to institute things like ballot harvesting, which everybody agrees isn't a good thing. Uh, the chain of custody uh, is suspect and um, mail and voting, which just opens the door for fraud. So if you're trying to defend avenues of fraud or avenues that can be exploited in the election system, you know, you're obviously not on the side of democracy. So I'm going to lead you with a talking heads. Uh, first up is Anthony Blinken. And so these two segments here from Meet the Press and the Sunday Propaganda on uh, CBS's Sunday Morning, it's all about trying to get us into war with Russia. All this stuff is, is speculative. We don't know what Vladimir Putin is thinking. It's within his purview to uh, maintain his sphere of influence, and as long as his exercises don't, uh, you know, he's not moving armored columns into Ukraine, um, it's not an invasion. He's just flexing his muscles. And the fact is, is that the West, and you'll see it here, is planning to false flag a cyber attack. And even Hillary Clinton um, suggested this back in 2016, that if when the Russians attack Ukraine with a cyber attack, which can't be proven the origins of cyber attacks, so don't believe them, is that that'll be a pretext for war with Russia. Don't be fooled. We begin the tense standoff along the Ukraine border. More than 100,000 Russian troops are now poised to potentially invade from the north, east, and south of Ukraine. <laughs> Russian fighter jets and missiles arrive in neighboring Belarus, where war games are set to begin. Meanwhile, NATO naval exercises are taking place south of Crimea in the Mediterranean. What? And 90 tons of military aid just arrived in Kyiv from the United States. No! President Biden is monitoring the situation from Camp David. Britain accused Russia of a plot to install a pro-Russian leader in Ukraine as it considers some form of attack. What? Secretary of State Antony Blinken is just back from consultations with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, and he joins us this morning. These all look like signs of escalation. Aggression and massive consequences for Russia. Uh, if it engages in that aggression. What exactly are, are you negotiating? Because we're creating these facts on the ground. They are setting the terms here, it seems. Are, are they just using you to buy time or to build a predicate for invasion? 
two. Rally, uh, allies and partners across Europe and in a brilliant sense of the uh, the last weeks uh, to make very clear that we're looking at the consequences for Russian aggression. We provided more military assistance uh, to Ukraine last year than in any previous year. Right. Russia's creating these facts on the ground. We provided more military assistance uh, to Ukraine last year than in any previous year. Right. Seeking to destabilize the government. I just approved the, uh, the transfer of uh, U.S. origin uh, military technology in, in other countries to Ukraine. Russia's creating these facts on the ground. The choice is Vladimir Putin's. But, but what are you negotiating? If Russia's demands are non-starters, I mean, President Biden has already said Ukraine's not going to join NATO anytime soon. We provided more military assistance uh, to Ukraine last year than in any previous year. Right. What's left to talk about? I'm tired of being quiet. Uh, Margaret, uh, we started this, uh, this effort of diplomacy and dialogue about 10 days ago. And in the course of that, uh, Russia has put some ideas on the table. You're the Nazi, socialist, commies, authoritarian. We are now sharing our own uh, ideas. It was about white supremacy. And uh, as uh, Russia looks at that, and as it considers the massive consequences that would befall it. And Ukraine is saying you could go harder. You could be stronger. We provided, uh, we provided very significant military assistance to Ukraine. Right, but I mean, even President Biden said at his press conference this week, he's having, he spent a lot of time trying to get NATO allies to actually be on the same page when it comes to anything short of invasion. I mean, it seems like Putin's easiest strategy would be to, to hit on that weakness. Doesn't look like the alliance is completely knit together here. First, we've been very clear that if there is any uh, further uh, Russian uh, aggression in terms of sending Russian forces uh, into Ukraine, there will be a swift, there will be a severe, and there will be a united response. It's been uh, equally clear that Russia engages in other tactics, short of sending forces into uh, into Ukraine or other countries, hybrid actions, uh, cyber attacks, cyber attacks, that there will be a swift, calibrated, and also uh, united response. Uh, this is about more even than Ukraine and Russia, more even than uh, Europe, Russia, the United States, Russia. It really is and should be a global concern because there's some basic principles of international relations that have helped keep the peace and security. You're the Nazi, socialist, commies, authoritarians. Vladimir Putin obviously has no regard for those principles and hasn't, I mean, in the past eight years that he's been invading and taking parts of Ukraine. When you get to that bigger, what is this all about question, the State Department said this week they were concerned about the possibility of Russia moving nuclear weapons back into Belarus. I mean, you have high-precision equipment being moved towards Ukraine. NATO itself will continue to be reinforced in a significant way. Uh, all of that is, uh, is on the table. It's tried to say that NATO should be shut on Ukraine. It's not. It remains open. We stand by that principle. No! talked about the possibility of a so-called false flag operation where Russia creates right. a provocation inside of Ukraine, use that as justification uh, to take aggressive action. Cyber attacks. Before I let you go, does the timing of the Olympics have any effect on Putin's calculus? Russia invaded Georgia during the Olympics back in 2008. If there's aggression, there'll be massive consequences. Mr. Secretary, we'll be watching. No! Yeah, those fuckers. <laughs> what the hell? They're ready to uh, pick a fight with uh, nuclear power. Over what? Over Ukraine? It's a corrupt country. Uh, I think it was better under Russian influence, but uh, 
No, they appealed to the Nazis in the West and um, tried to make it more Western uh, to get this provocation for a nuclear war. And, of course, the Sunday morning propaganda on CBS Sunday Morning, where David Martin runs this terrible report, interviews his ex-generals and stuff again, trying to spin the narrative that Vladimir Putin is inching to invade Ukraine. Russia has announced new military drills around Ukraine as American military aid began arriving this weekend. No! This is a big crisis. It's certainly the biggest crisis since the end of the Cold War. What? Former NATO ambassador Ivo Dalder is talking about the buildup of 100,000 Russian troops on the border with Ukraine, a former republic of now defunct Soviet Union teetering between Russia and Europe. For the first time in a very, very long time, we see major, major amounts of military equipment in the middle of Europe ready to invade another country. It's happening in plain sight of satellites and social media. I'm tired of being quiet. Punctuated by Russian video of live fire exercises. Retired Lieutenant General Ben Hodges is the leader of the U.S. Army in Europe. When you look at that force, what is it capable of doing? If there's a new offensive, if there's a new offensive. we're going to see an awful lot of serious, lethal... Uh, Does Russia have forces, position that could invade all of Ukraine? What? I don't think they could successfully roll over all of Ukraine, but I don't think they really want to. But I don't think they really want to. Vladimir Putin's objective is to keep Ukraine, the second largest country on the continent, from making common cause with the democracies of Europe. What? What motivates Putin is a concern about the independence of Ukraine, a worry that a, a functioning, successful, prosperous democracy in Ukraine poses a direct threat to his rule because it will give people in Russia the idea that they too could enjoy what Ukraine uh, enjoys and rise up against his autocratic rule. Conventional military wisdom says Putin will wait until February when the ground is frozen and tanks get better traction. Russian forces are already rolling into the friendly country of Belarus, giving Putin's troops another avenue of advance into Ukraine. We're not going to see 100,000 Russian troops crossing into Ukraine all at one time. I, I don't expect that. I think most of them actually would probably remain on the periphery in place. If Putin takes just part of eastern Ukraine. Fuck you! If Russia invades. Fuck you! How would it begin? A uh, series of cyber strikes. Uh, designed to, uh, that's going to be the opening gambit. Cyber attacks have already defaced dozens of the Ukraine government's public websites. But that's just mischief compared to the damage that could be done to banking, transportation, and electrical systems. What? We're not dealing with Boy Scouts here. It was about white supremacy. You're the Nazi, socialist, commies, authoritarian. Absolutely ruthless at using cyber to wreck all of the structures of a society. They absolutely do not care 
about the damage that it causes as long as it supports their efforts. We just can't believe in the year 2022 that a European leader would actually do this sort of thing. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't think Vladimir Putin is looking to invade Ukraine. He's just flexing his muscles. He's protecting Russia and um, Eastern Ukraine from the onslaught of the West. I mean, look at a map. Look how far east the West has gone militarily, even though they promised... The President of the United States promised the Soviets at the time that Ukraine, if it was made independent, would not join NATO. It was actually when they were bargaining the whole thing, they said the Warsaw Pact countries can't join NATO, and they did anyway. That's a provocation. And they're not ruling it out. All right, see you next week. Rudy's Revelation. Twitter, Facebook, Minds, Mongetter. See you next week.